Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. founding lead pastors here at Soul City. And, you know, I was thinking about that question that we just asked one another. What's something that you're naturally good at? And I tried remembering, like, the last time that I found myself in a conversation where I was telling someone, here's what I'm naturally good at. Kids are great at this, aren't they? Like, you get around a kid and they're like, I can jump or I can run really, really fast, right? They're really good at telling you what they're good at. When I was a kid, I was really good at bossing my brothers around. I was really good at it, like really, really good. I don't know if they thought that I was as good at it as I thought I was, but somehow along the way, somehow along the way, as we grow up and, and as we take on more responsibility and then we, you know, seek out a, our job, work, career, the things that we're going to do in this world, I think we stop asking the question, what am I naturally good at? And we don't just stop asking the question, we often stop doing what we're naturally good at. But, but here's the thing that I, I don't think we fully realize. Doing what you're good at helps you live a good life. Doing what you're good at is what helps you live a good life. You know, there is zero debate. There is a hundred percent agreement amongst researchers in the mental and emotional health fields that when it comes to people doing what they are naturally good at, every person agrees that when you do what you are good at, you feel good. When you do what you're good at, you feel good. And guess what? When you don't, you don't feel good. You see, when we are living with purpose and using the gifts and talents and things that we are naturally good at, it deeply impacts our well-being. It impacts our happiness. It impacts our mental health. And not using your gifts, it's one of the primary contributors to to feeling like you're living with a lack of purpose, feeling bored or restless, struggling with with self-esteem, maybe confidence, motivation, and feeling dissatisfied with life. So so it would seem that all those things that, that you just said that you are naturally good at, that they are somehow connected to you living a good life. They're connected. In fact, I would contend not just a good life, but the life that a good God intended you to live. You see, living with bigger vision, living with bigger vision, it is 100% connected to you using the good gifts that God gave you to use for a greater good. It's 100% connected. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online, everyone listening to this podcast, you have good gifts to bring greater good into this world. You do. And as we dive into this message today, I want to tell you, I want to tell you right at the start, you have a good gift. Bibi, you have a good gift. You have a good gift. Tamara, 
you got a good gift. I could walk around to every single one of you. Steve, Annie, you have a good gift. You have good gifts. You have a good gift. In fact, because I didn't get to say every one of your names, I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to ask them their name, and I want you to say with their name, you have a good gift, okay? Turn to the person next to you, you have a good gift. Okay, okay, good, good. All right, the problem is, the problem is, well done, you, you did a great job, you did a great job. Okay, here's the thing. But some of you need it, you need to hear it in like a, a good preacher voice. Michael, you need to hear this in a good preacher voice this morning, don't you? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Some of you, some of you, you have not been believing that you have a good gift. You have been believing something else. You have been believing something smaller, maybe something untrue. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find your best preaching voice right now, okay? And I want you to turn to the person next to you. And I want you to look at them and I want you to say, you have, oh, come on, come on, we can do that again. I want you to look at them, look them in the eyes, and I want you to say, you have a good gift. Now I want you to say it again. You have a good gift. All right, now we're going to take another offering right now. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. You have a good gift. But here's my question for you. Are you using it? Are you using that good gift that God has given to you? You see, as I was praying this week and asking God where to take this message, I kept sensing from God that all he wanted to say to you is that some of you have some incredible gifts, God-given talents, passions that help you feel 100% alive. You have good gifts, and I wonder why you aren't using them. You see, far too many people, far too many people, they live their lives from the cradle to a cubicle to a casket without ever using their gifts without ever using those talents that God poured into them. They spend their entire life focusing on trying to get better at their weaknesses instead of using the gifts that God gave them. They let those gifts stay unopened and unused. And my hope and my prayer today, when you walk out of these doors in a few minutes, when you log off from being online, when you are done with this podcast, that you know today you have a good gift from God and it is time to start using it. It's time to start using it. Because when we use the good gifts that God has given to us, God multiplies it for a greater good. He multiplies it for a greater good in the world. So I want you to grab the Bible that is in the seat back in front of you. We are going to turn to Luke 5, page 835. And I actually want us to walk through uh, a moment, a moment in the New Testament when Jesus helped Peter, who sometimes Peter is referred to as Simon Peter, but throughout this message, I'm going to refer to him as Peter. 
Jesus helped Peter recognize that not only did he have a good gift, but the the moment we're going to look at, it is this life-altering moment when he invited him to start using the gift in a whole new way. So this moment, to give you a little bit of context as to what's going on here in the scriptures in Luke 5, this is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, okay? He didn't have a team yet. There were no disciples. He was just this one-man band, okay? So the moment we are going to look at in Luke 5, you you can kind of picture this. This is like disciple draft day, okay? This is the day he's drafting his disciples to join his team. So we're going to start Luke 5, verse 1, and this is what it says. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, I want you to imagine for a minute, you're Peter, okay? Imagine you're Peter. You've just brought your boat to the shore. You're washing out your net. You are at the end of your shift. You're hoping that this cleanup goes quickly and you can leave as soon as possible, right? And then this new up-and-coming influencer that you've heard about, okay? You've heard about this influencer. He comes walking up and he steps into your boat, And listen, he starts talking to you and, you know, he starts, you know, jabbering away about how was your day. And then he says, you know, listen, here's the thing. The crowds are getting too big and I'm about to give this message and and your boat, your boat looks pretty good. And so I'm going to use your boat as my pulpit right now, right? Now, I want you to tell the truth. If you are minutes away from being able to go home, right, you know there is a hot meal at home. Are you excited? Are you excited about having to push your boat back out into the water? No, you are not. You are probably annoyed, right? You are probably reluctant to push the boat back out into the water. But what does Jesus do? He sits down anyways, right? He sits down anyways, and he starts speaking. Look at verse 4. What does it say? It says that when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. And let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you came here today. Wasn't planning on this message. But, you know, I just want to let you know, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But, I mean, I guess because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine what's going through Peter's head in this moment, okay? First, Jesus finally finishes his sermon in your boat, right? Now, and we don't know how long Jesus spoke. Maybe, maybe it was a very short sermon. Maybe it was like a Jarrett Stevens sermon. We don't know, okay? <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't even know what Jesus talked about. But we know it's finally the end of the message because you finally see that guy who plays the keys gets up in the boat and he somehow comes out with the keyboard in the boat and he starts playing the nice music, right? Listen, you know, you know Jesus had a keyboard player. He had a keyboard player. And I know you all know that when 
the person comes out to the keys, the person that's talking is starting to wrap up the message, right? I know you know what's going on in that moment, and I know what happens to you. You start thinking about brunch. You start thinking, how long is this going to keep going on? Like, are they almost done? Am I going to be able to get my car out of the parking lot, right? Like, you start thinking about all those things. And listen, I don't see the keyboard player, so that means I got some things I'm still going to say today, okay? So listen, this is the moment. This is the moment, all right? It's a critical moment. The message is wrapped up. But Jesus turns something for Peter. He turns something for Peter in this moment. Because he sees that this thing, this thing that Peter is naturally good at, he's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. This isn't just a hobby. It is his job, right? This is his J-O-B. He was out there for hours. He was out there for hours and returned to, to the shore with nothing. He knows it's a waste of time to try to go out there and catch any fish again. But here comes Jesus, here comes Jesus, who, by the way, is a carpenter, right? He didn't know a thing, he didn't know a thing about fishing, and he tells him how to do the thing that he is naturally good at. Now, if you are Peter, right, the message has just been wrapped up. It's been wrapped up. You are done with fishing. You didn't even have a good day fishing. How are you feeling in this moment? You're annoyed, right? You are annoyed, but Peter says, Peter says a very important word. He says, but, but, he throws out a conjunction. And if you remember, a conjunction connects two contrasting or conflicting ideas together. He says, I want to be done, (laughs) but I'll push out a little bit further. I think I know better. But I'll trust you. I know that fishing is what I'm good at, Jesus. But maybe you know something I don't know. And so verse 6, it goes on in the story, and it says that when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Moments ago, Peter and the other fishermen, they were probably so tired and so hungry. All they wanted to do was go home. And now they are bringing in a a catch that could literally change their business for days. I'm sure the energy on the boat, it totally shifted. It is surging all around. Everyone's doing whatever they can to get these fish into the boats. They're high-fiving one another. They are having the best catch of the day. But what happens in verse 8? It says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. You see, as everyone else was high-fiving and and pulling in the fish, we can see in verse 8 that Peter knew there was so much more going on in this moment. This wasn't about 
a boat getting filled up with fish. This was about Jesus somehow taking what he was good at his whole life, the thing that he was naturally good at, and somehow Jesus multiplied it. He multiplied his good gift in a way that he had never experienced before. And you can see in the story that after Peter fell on his knees and in verse 10, that this is what it says, and then Jesus said to Simon, Peter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because from now on, you will fish for people. You will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and Peter left everything and followed him. Before Jesus walked up to Peter's boat, he was just a fisherman. He was just a fisherman. He had a good gift. But Jesus took his good gift and said, from now on, you will fish for people. He multiplied his good gift for a greater good. Jesus took what Peter naturally knew, fishing, and he somehow made it supernaturally new. And that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does with our good gifts. Jesus took Peter's gift, what he naturally knew, and somehow he made it supernaturally new. He said, you're not just a fisherman anymore. You're going to fish for people. And Peter left everything. Peter left everything. Peter left everything and followed Jesus. Can you picture this? This is the best catch he's ever had. He's having the best day of his career. And he walked away. He walked away to fish with a whole new purpose. You see, Peter... Peter could have had a fine life as a fisherman. He was, he was using his gift. But what Jesus did was multiply his gift for a greater good in the world. And this is what God does with the good gifts that we have if we let him. This gift right here, this gift has been sitting up here this entire sermon. Have you noticed it? Have you noticed it, right? Now, can you imagine, can you imagine if I had this big, beautiful box up here, this, this kind of random gift sit up here the whole time, and I never even acknowledged that it was here? What if, what if I never acknowledged it was here this entire time, and we just, you know, prayed and wrapped up, and the keyboardist came out, we ended the message, and you all went home, and you're like, what was up with the gift, Right? Not only that, can you imagine if I, if I never actually opened up the gift to see what was inside? And can you imagine if I, I found out what was inside, the greatest gift to every teenage girl <laughs> and middle-aged woman in America right now? Right? Can you imagine if I was like, nah, nah, not for me. Not for me. Just going to leave that right there. Right? A, a gift is of no use unless it is used. And so many of us, so many of us, that is what we do with the good gifts God has given to us. And I think we all know this. 
but a gift has no use until it is used. A gift is no use in your life until it is used. And I know, I know, we all turned to one another a few moments ago, and you all said that you have a gift, but I wonder, do you believe that about yourself? Do you really believe that you have a gift, that God gave you that gift? And my question to you today is, are you using it for a greater good in the world? You know, it has been so, so fun to, to watch um, all of the different people around this church use and develop their gifts in such a way that I, I've watched this church become what it was meant to be. You know, when you came in today, when you came in today, somebody, somebody actually used their gift of service so that you could park your car. Do you know that? Somebody used their gift so that they could park their car. When you came in and you had to get your caffeine and you went over to the cafe, do you know that someone actually used their gift so that you could actually have some coffee? They used their gift of, of hospitality. Do you know that someone right now is actually over in Soul City Kids and they are caring for your babies and kids? Right now, some of you parents are very happy for the peace and the quiet that you are experiencing. You are very happy for that gift. There are people in this church that have the gift of compassion and mercy. And they are walking alongside people in challenging seasons through the house of of hope. Someone with the gift of creative communication. They led you in worship this morning. Do you know if you had a moment where, where you felt the presence of God this morning? Where you felt that feeling like, gosh, I'm so glad that I came here. I'm, I'm so glad that I, I got up and I, <laughs> I walked through the cold to be here. Someone used their good gift to help you connect to a good God so that you could discover your good gift and help others connect to a good God and bring greater good into the world. Someone with the gift of intercession is going to pray for you after this service. Every part of this place, it works. It works because of the people who decided to not leave their gift on the table. Because of the people that decided to not just leave the big, beautiful gift on the table, but instead they opened it and they used it and they developed it for the greater good. And you know, as I was wrapping up this um, message earlier this week, I was over at fairgrounds in, in Oak Park and I was working on this message and uh, just trying to really listen to what God had for us this morning and praying. And uh, a woman walked up to me, and I hadn't seen her for many years. She was here in Chicago uh, for the weekend, and she was visiting a, a mutual friend of ours. And I knew that her family had been walking through a really challenging season. Uh, her sister-in-law was diagnosed with uh, aggressive brain cancer, and I knew that she... Uh, had had multiple strokes. And so she was really the primary caregiver in their family for her sister-in-law. 
And so I said, hey, what, what are you doing here? Um, after we caught up for a few minutes, I said, you know, what, are you, what are you doing here visiting Chicago for the weekend? She said, oh, well, Christina Belke reached out to me. And she said, why don't you just come and stay with me for the weekend? And for those of you that don't know Christina, Christina uh, and Mike are a part of our church. They have two adorable little girls. Mike's an elder here at our church. And Christina is just one of those people that has such a beautiful gift of hospitality and care and love. She has a gift of intercession. She has a gift of, of holding space for people. And my friend that I was talking to in the, the coffee shop, she said, yeah, Christina reached out to me and she said, you know what, you've been giving out so much. You've been caring so much. I want you to come here for the weekend and I want to care for you. I want to love on you. Christina's an incredible chef and so she just fed her all weekend long. And I got to thinking after we were talking for a few minutes, I thought, this is what it looks like when someone uses the good gift that God has given to them to be a good gift to others. You see, God gave us good gifts to be a greater good for others. God gave you gifts to be a gift to others. I think about the story we looked at when, when Jesus got into Simon Peter's boat and Jesus told him, listen, I see you have a gift and I see you're good at it. But now, I want you to use that gift for a greater good. And you're not just going to be a fisherman. You're going to be a fisherman for people. You know, one of the things that I think is so cool is that many years later, in the book of 1 Peter, the book that the fisherman that didn't want Jesus to get in his boat, the book of the Bible that he wrote, in a sermon that he gave, these are the words that he said. He said, each one of you should use whatever gift you have. Use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I have to wonder back if Peter thought back to that moment back on the boat when he was writing those words, when he was inviting other people to use their gifts. If he thought back to that moment when Jesus called him to use the gift that he had given to him to now do greater good in the world. And friends, you have a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. You probably have many. And God gave it to you. And maybe it's been a minute since you've really believed that about yourself. Maybe it's been a long time since you have had that feeling of knowing this is what I was made for. And I don't know if there's been a more exciting time to be around Soul City Church. We have a bigger vision than we have ever had 
as a church. We are stepping into a year where I believe we are going to see God do miraculous things in our midst, but it will take every one of us using the good gifts that God has given us to use. Because a gift is useless unless it's used. And you are more than welcome. You know, I, I, I thought about this multiple times as I was finishing up this sermon. And I, I found myself like writing this little section and then hitting delete. And writing this section and then hitting delete. And I just want to say to you, I kept it in because this is what I want to say. You are more than welcome here at Soul City Church to come and experience all that God is doing in and through this church. I hope you experience his presence. I hope you experience his power. I hope you experience his healing. But I want you to know, if you come and you sit and you watch, you are missing out on what the local church is in the world. The church, this church, it is a movement. It is a transforming movement of God's love in the world. It is not something that is meant to be watched. It is something to be experienced. And I believe you are here for a reason. I believe you are watching online for a reason. I believe you are listening to this podcast for a reason. Because you need to hear from our good God. You have a gift. And it's time you start using it. It's time you start using it. And so I... I have very simple homework this week. Very simple homework. This Tuesday night, we have a team night here at the church. And I want every one of you to come. I want every one of you to come right now. There's 173 people that are signed up. There's way more than 173 people here in this room right now. I want you to come. Maybe you're not sure what your gift is. We want to help you figure that out. Maybe you're not sure how to use it here at Soul City Church. My friend Angel Griffin came up to me with tears in her eyes after the last message. And she's like, I know. I know I have a gift of teaching. I know I have a gift of teaching and, and helping families and helping kids. And I haven't been using it, Pastor Jeannie. And today's the last day. I'm going to start using my gift. Some of you, you know you have a gift. And it is time to start using it. So I hope you scan that QR code. Obviously you see the keyboard player, so you know I'm wrapping this thing up. I know you know. But I want to invite you to stand. We're going to pray and I want to remind you you got a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. You too. You have a gift. Jeanette, you have a gift. And this is a movement of God here in Chicago. It's the body of Christ using the spiritual gifts that God has given to us to be a greater good in this city and this world. And so God, we pray right now we pray for everyone in this room that feels discouraged. God, I pray that you would remind them 
that you have called them for such a time as this. You have given them a purpose, and it is time to step out. God, I pray for every person in this room that is wondering what their gift is. I pray that over this coming week, God, you would put experiences and moments in their life where they can see and taste and know this is the gift God has given to me. God, I pray that you would put the person in this room that is feeling discouraged. I pray that somebody would walk up to them today and encourage them to get out of the bleachers and to get into the game. And God, I pray that you would use us as we use our good gifts to bring greater good into this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.